everyone, and welcome to episode 167 of Final Fantasy Union. I am your host, Daryl, and I'm here with Lauren. Hi, guys. And we're both sick. Yeah. We both have gained the sniffles today, which is going to make for a very nasally sounding episode. I'm sorry Ugh, about that. I know. It's because we've been cooped up too much in our house with the snow. The beast from the east. And then was it yeah. is it uh, Storm Emma or something, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, Emma. Yeah, no, the snow has really done us in, I think. But we had numerous days without hot water as well, which was yeah. fun. Um, but we managed to survive. We, we did. are here. We are recording we a podcast for you guys, and we're excited. Yeah. Yeah. So we excited. We're excited. Um, we've actually got I've got a slightly different show lineup today. We've got a featured topic, but it was suggested by someone from the community, and then we have questions afterwards from also from the community. So it's basically a community-led show where we're going to be answering questions, some in more detail than others. We're going to give it our best shot. Absolutely. But before we get on to that, uh, for you new folks, Final Fantasy Union is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network. We have a new show every Tuesday, working rotation with Kingdom Hearts Union, and we come out on the iTunes store as well as FinalFantasyUnion.com. And we're now going to run through our Patreon supporters who have pledged $2.50 or more per episode. I think Brandon calls them executive producers. I think it's a, it's a nice touch. Yeah, yeah, executive producers. Executive producers. So we're going to kick things off with executive producer number one, Barry Norton at Nortron Zero. And Lewis James. Blue Machine at Blue Machine. Chris Morales. Eric Decker at Choco Taco. Jonathan Gonzalez at Oh, It's Just Johnny. Marcus Karnecki. Josh McNabb. Michael Graham. Thorin Bullen at Massacre23. Zach Duranto at Zed Duranto58. William Trengove at Varnus the Azure. Mike. Dustin Smith. Tyson Wildman at Ty Wildman1. Ishbel Ayala at Red Peppers. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Darren Matthews at Doomster73. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. Mario Herker. Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail. Mohammed Kayum. Rachel Casterton at Urba Yon Ray. Vitanitas. Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. Zach Porter at Porter Paradox. Miles Ribbons. Richard Holman at Vex Lennon. Rob Porter at Squirty Birdie One. Patrick. And David C. Who's actually a new Patreon supporter yes. and is known by Squall9930 on the Discord channel. And is also a UK resident as well. Yes, yes. Hello UK, yay! Yay! Um, actually, on that note, uh, we, we have an event coming up. Um, yes. It's going to be on the 7th of April. So if you are in the UK and uh, can get to London for the 7th of April, we are hosting an event. Um, it's going to be, I guess, reasonably, we're calling it Intimate. Yes. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a bit smaller than the previous ones we've done, probably about half the size. Uh, we've currently sold about half of our tickets, um, may be more by the time you hear this episode. Um, so if you're interested in going, then check out the information around the it. The Eventbrite page. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it should be a fun time. But yeah, we really want to stress that it's it's just going to be like a very bare bones event. It's really just for our communities to just sort of mingle and get to know people and have fun and you know we just want to we just really want to focus around just everybody just having a good time and enjoying themselves and yeah if you want to find out more information feel free to check out our social media accounts where we've posted about it okay so our first topic today is around final fantasy 15's dlc <laughs> and and how we feel about it in general uh, to preface this, we're not going to talk about it in too much detail at this stage, but we may get onto it. But Tabata has basically just come out and said that um, we all know that they were doing three additional DLC episodes this year, 
episode Arden being the first one. And he's now come out and said, actually, we're going to be doing four DLC episodes. And we're also going to be taking our time with them to make sure that we uh, maintain a high level of quality. So therefore, they're not all going to come out this year. Some of them may come out in 2019, which is pretty extreme. Yeah. You know, DLC coming out three years after the game launched. Uh, almost um unheard of for final fantasy yeah so this this topic was suggested by luke on discord and um he basically wanted to know that because we've expressed um i guess disinterest dissatisfaction <laughs> around the general dlc and i'd the way say more than this is just from me i'm <laughs> <laughs> um, a bit and, of a rager and and with the fact that with final fantasy 15 they've taken the dlc to another level um the first thing he wanted to know was like has the fact that they've chosen to do that affected our enjoyment of the game? And I think we'll probably try and deal with this in two strands. Like, mm. firstly, the deal, the the season pass one. Yes. And then we'll talk about it in relation to what's been announced. And I would say that um, if you're worried, we are going to keep this spoiler free. Uh, we're we're just going to talk about best. things in, in general context. We're yeah. not going to go into detail in terms of the actual story content. Um, i'll try not to but yeah so like how how do you how did you feel about the first season pass and and did it affect your enjoyment of the game um yes i mean it's hard to say how do you that, feel about it yes yeah yeah <laughs> uh i i mean i've always been i've always been against the dlc to the detriment of the game and essentially with final fantasy 15 the story was you know for argument's sake the weakest point of a lot of what they tried to do with Final Fantasy XV. It just didn't feel flushed out. Characters felt forgotten about. There was major plot points that were missing. And so you kind of felt like you were being fed a lukewarm experience. You were fed a diet Final Fantasy XV, if you, so to speak. So, you know, when you think about that and then the fact that the season one season pass it fleshes out a lot of the main cast it fleshes out gladio it fleshes out prompto and it fleshes out ignis but on top of that it also fleshes out some of the side characters who i would have liked to see more of in the actual game itself which were core Arenea, and ravis and with all that in mind i just felt like it was a choice made in sort of poor taste almost in the sense that it really did affect my overall enjoyment of the game because I didn't get to connect with the characters as much as I wanted to. And that's something that has been a theme throughout Final Fantasy in general, meaning like you've always had your sort of main cast, your your main party members story but then you always had at least a little bit of side story for the sort of um, lower down characters. So, I mean, Barrett, you have uh, Coral. Um, you also have in Final Fantasy VIII, you go to Trabia Garden to learn about uh, Selfie and sort of the school that she transferred from. Even Irvine really leads the way when they talk about um, the fact that they were in the orphanage. You know, there's a lot of characters that are fleshed out through small sequences. Um, Final Fantasy VI, you have a ton. I mean, you have Setzer, who comes in way late in the game, but you still get a fully fleshed out character. Even Shadow gets a bit of a fleshing out. And with Final Fantasy XV, you just got bare bones and then season pass. Yeah, because... When um when we were trying to do kind of 
reviews of the story post-launch, Ignis was the only character that I really felt had any kind of development. Yeah. Probably more so than Noctis, I would have thought. Um, but but Prompto and and Gladiolus had next to nothing. Yeah. Their characters were so one-dimensional. And, they had one note, And, you much. know, kind of to your point, yeah, it did affect the enjoyment of the game for me because it was so blatant that yeah. the story, that like there were segments that were just taken out so that they could be dealt with in DLC. Like they didn't even try to sugarcoat over that or, no. or, or yeah, or try and, and, and make it um so that they that we thought it was something else that was happening. It was like, Oh, Gladiolus has just left with no explanation hmm. and now he's back with no explanation. Yeah. Could it be that this is going to be something we learn more about at a later stage to at an additional fee? I wonder. So yeah, I think it affected my enjoyment of the game in that sense. Um, but, you know, from the other side, I could completely un- appreciate why they had to do that. Yeah. Like, they didn't really have much choice. They had a deadline they to hit. They didn't have a time. They, they had to get the game out. And, you know, they, to their credit, they used the situation that they were in to their benefit. So yeah. not only did we get episode Gladiolus, but we also got chapter 13, verse 2 at the same time. They added in the ability to play as Gladiolus as something of a demo for the episode. And, you know, it was the same with the other episodes they've had. With episode Prompter, they added stuff in. With episode Ignis, they added the ability to change party members when you're in combat in the main game. So although it annoyed me that they did it in such a blatant way, and also the fact that, you know, episode Gladiolus wasn't necessarily that good... They had to learn how to make better DLC as yeah. they went through. I, yeah. It was like... I mean, I'm glad that they kept Ignis for last. Yeah, but I mean, like they, they had six months extra to work on that one. Gladiators, yeah. they had like... I don't know when they started on it, but yeah. it just felt lackluster compared to what came after. Definitely. But um, so I think, yeah, from, from that perspective, the DLC and the way they chose to go around it definitely affected my enjoyment of the main game because it was so blatant that that's what they'd done. And the character development for those characters came in those segments. Like with episode Gladiolus, you, you get to learn more about Gladiolus' character, his relationship with Kor. With Prompto, you get to learn more about his backstory, his past, etc. But I wouldn't necessarily say that it's a problem just with the DLC because they did... They, like Kingsglaive was used to flesh out Luna Freya. They had Brotherhood, which they would then point to to say, well, here's where you get your development of the... Of the, of the main four, yeah. Um, so, which is fair enough. It's just, yeah, like I think it was it was a bad byproduct of where they were at. Um, mm. But you know, obviously, that's the first season pass. I think Comrades has been a, a kind of a positive experience. I think yeah. episode Ignis people have really enjoyed because they they took it more seriously. It was probably the one that was the least throwaway because it it wasn't. I think when when uh, when they announced the season pass and we knew there was going to be one for each character, the Gladius was obvious. I think the Prompto is pretty obvious. The episode Ignis one, people were a bit more on the fence about where that could have taken place. And I think that's because with him, there was that development. It was, I think that was the section where they wanted, people wanted to learn more. Yeah. But it wasn't actually necessary to learn more. Mm. I don't think, from his perspective at least, from, from Ignis's perspective... It wasn't. It wasn't necessary for the story to learn more, which is why I think that DLC pack was probably better in line. Mm. Whereas the other two were, they just felt like you were missing out on something. Yeah, I mean, like I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I agree with the sense that um, 
Like I didn't want, like with Ignis, I did want to know. I did really want to know what but happened. But it wasn't essential. Like it, it, it wasn't like, I didn't feel like I was missing out on something. It was like, okay, but I still so that did. happened. It's like, okay, so that happened. Yeah, I'd be really interesting to learn how it happened. Mm. But it's not something that is that, it, it wasn't, it wasn't the way they did it wasn't like, we're actively going to take something away yeah. from you. Yeah. It was more of like a, oh, you're going to tell us how that happened? Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Whereas with Gladiolus, it was like, we're actively going to show you that we're taking this out and you have to then buy this to to understand where he went. I think the only thing, and I oh, I feel like it, it's beating a dead horse really at this point, um, the, one, the one thing that probably made me the most upset was just the fact that it wasn't it wasn't included in the ultimate collector's edition i think that i still think that that was such a slap in the face towards people who bought it especially considering that they even got an extra disc of brotherhood so obviously they wanted them to have something extra with the story but they didn't want them to have the story yeah i think that the was gameplay a, story. a really big miscommunication i on thought Square that Nets's that was part. yeah i just thought that that was a really big um a really big faux pas on their part i i think i still think that they should have included it even afterwards just saying people with the ultimate collector's edition here's the code for the season pass they were i mean they were constantly trying to play catch up weren't they because they had so many different things um, oh my god the like amount the of king's tale came yeah, out the and then tale. they had to give that away for free afterwards yeah. to kind of appease people yeah and like, like so many like different pre-order deals you could get this you get this costume you could get this and that and yeah they really kind of fudge that up but yeah um so, so in, essentially in terms of like the the new dlc then how do you do you feel that has the the prospect of them doing it do you think that's a positive thing or, or, or a negative thing in terms of your enjoyment of the game i guess i mean at this point i'm a bit i'm a bit final fantasy 15 out i mean i always kind of wanted more of arden but because it's been so long i'm I honestly have lost interest. I kind of don't care anymore. Like, I just kind of feel like I've been thrown out of Final Fantasy 15. Maybe that will change once I'm playing the Royal Edition next week. But, like, I just kind of feel like I, I've had enough, essentially. So it will really depend on what the other episodes are going to be um, I mean, for me to be T- Tabata has said interested. that the these episodes aren't to expand the story of the main game they're yeah. to expand the story of the universe and on that basis i don't think it's really going to change my enjoyment of the game i don't yeah. think it really can because it's more along the lines of dlc that we've said that we wanted like yeah you know, we, we're not com- like extensions we're not, yeah like we're not completely completely anti-dlc in every sense no. of the form it's more how it's done and why it's done like and- i mean i'm perfectly happy with games like um i i was happy with the bioshock uh infinite dlc it it was an extension of of the main story and um even the fallout 4 dlc it was an extension like it was just it was just added on if you really cared about that game if you really liked that game here's a little bit extra yeah but it's like the actual thing that you purchased that's done yeah that's done that's that's clear cut solid delivery so assuming that they actually do this dlc along that line and episode arden doesn't actually i mean maybe it doesn't take place during the events of final fantasy 15 maybe it's a prequel of some kind maybe it's i don't know as, as long as it doesn't change what happens in the main story 
because that's the whole thing like the dlc has been that they've done so far has changed your into like changed the story in a way mm. like they've introduced characters they've given them more motivations and like you've learned more about why things have happened and that was even the case with chapter 13 verse 2 like you learned more about ravis and and his relationship with arden and and all that kind of stuff and it 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 basically meant that oh so now I have to replay the game again to understand that or watch these cutscenes to make more sense about what happened. And also, like, with games, first impressions are a very important thing. So if you have these players who have played through Final Fantasy XV but they didn't necessarily get the season pass or even do any of the ending content, they already have an opinion of Ravis. They already have a thought of Ravis. Granted, he did have a little bit of story, like a little bit of a Just story. Just a little teensy bit. But like, it was very tiny in comparison to what came afterwards. So people probably already have set in their minds their opinions on people like Ravis and um, Prompto even. Like, they probably already have it. So, you know, the fact that they didn't flesh him out to begin with kind of hurt them because your first impression of a character in the game as a full thing is kind of what sticks. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of dependent on how they how they do it. Obviously, I wonder if they the- will even touch Luna. I mean, I know that he keeps going back and forth on it, but honestly, like, I'm almost sort of feeling like he shouldn't. I don't think they should because it's one of those things where, and he said before, if just because the fans want it doesn't necessarily mean it's the right thing for the game. And I'd rather they don't go down the route of making something just to appease people. Yeah. And I, I hope that he has, especially now because he's basically saying that they're producing the DLC that they want, they feel people want, that if the if the team themselves are passionate about it, that means they're working on stuff that they think is going to really be good. Yeah. And if if the team themselves don't feel that, they can make something related to Luna that actually is coherent, that people will, th- will enjoy then don't make it. Like, I'd rather not... His whole thing now is he wants to make sure that these last four pieces of DLC basically round out the Final Fantasy XV universe. He has hinted that they're looking at some other things that they can do outside of the game DLC. But, you know, the whole idea is that it, it rounds it out. So if, if they're going to make something that, again, makes it a bad experience and and kind of makes it like a yo-yo effect, then don't do it. Just don't don't bother. Uh, okay, so the, the, kind of the um, the last thing that Luke wanted to know in, in relation to this was how we feel that um, this affects the mainline series' future, like the, how they've done DLC with fifteen. I mean, well, we thought that maybe they would have learned their lesson with Final Fantasy thirteen too, but they didn't. <laughs> so, I mean, I hope that in the future they're a bit more organized. But I underst- I do understand that they were in a very difficult position as far as deadlines go. However, it does always seem like Square Enix are really fumbling with their deadlines. I mean, the fact that the Final Fantasy VII Remake has now basically been restarted, pushing it back even further. Like, I feel like they've kind of set in motion... Well, they've already had it, haven't they? They have already have a reputation of the content that they produced being rushed... Like, they already kind of have that because they've had to delay things. Like, so many of the games in the last however many years have been delayed. And so I worry that they might not learn their lesson about being organized. 
Um, I, I mean, mean, I understand that they have to kind of meet the demands of both like the fans, but they also have to meet the demands of the d- investors and the people of the company themselves. Because the longer they go without releasing a game, the less money they make, the less they have to like the more resources that they're using and that type of thing. So I completely understand and empathize with that. But their organization needs to get back to the golden years where they just had they were a well-oiled machine. They were just producing games. Everybody was working on games. Everybody knew where they it, were. It was more like they they were able to find solutions that worked. Yeah. So like, you know, with Final Fantasy VII, uh, we recently did a video talking about like things you probably didn't know about Vincent Valentine. And one of them was that, you know, they they had always in, in plans to include Vincent and, and Yuffie in the main story. But when they were getting towards crunch time, they were just like, we can't, we can't fit this in. Like, there's no, there's no way we can get this in. And so Nomura, I think it was, um, basically was like, well, okay, I appreciate that we we can't put them in as fully fleshed out characters, but what if we put them in as optional characters? So we take them out of all the main cutscenes, all the main story elements, but we still give them something. Like this, this, they're still in there. And like, I think it's just kind of back in the past. They're not. They didn't have any situations that they didn't have now. Yeah, it's just that the the way they're getting around things now is is just for the world to see. Yeah, and and you know it's you know back in that back with that situation, you know we didn't obviously know that much about the situation until Ultimania came out with Vincent and, and Yuffie. Um, and then you just sort of we, looked at it and thought, huh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's like for all we know, they could have they could have intentionally been secret characters the whole time, but they masked it better. Whereas now it's just like, oh, we'll just put it as DLC. Yeah, that's fine. You yeah, know, we'll just oh, we'll put in a patch later. It's it's fine. But then the other thing that annoys me is that like with the production of Final Fantasy fifteen, they would answer something, say definitive, no, that's not going to be put in the game. Fans would make a big stink about it, and then they'd be like, oh, well, maybe we'll put it. And yeah, that like just wastes the, um, more time. Like the the regalia type. Yeah, the regalia oh, air. Isn't it? You're aware of the airship. Yeah, is. the airship. Um, like. He went and flew over to his Avalanche Studios, spent time with the Just Cause developers, figuring out how they could do this sort of stuff. And then, like, I don't really know anyone who actually uses the airship because if you crash, it's game over. It's, it's, well, they you have to use it for pit loss, don't yeah, you? Yeah, but like... Or pitios. Pitios. But, yeah, but like, no one uses it as a, um, a natural Like an thing. actual... Because you can fast travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, there's no point. Like, once you get it, it's just kind of like a gimmick, isn't it? Yes. And you can't get it until it's so late in the game anyway. But, um, um, so in terms of, like, yeah, my, my thoughts, concerns, I think I would really love Square Enix to start sharing more internally. Um, you know, after 13 Part 2, they made the, the horrible mistake of putting the true ending as the DLC. A lot of people, therefore, didn't get the actual ending of the game because you know not like any percentage of people are gonna buy i mean i think i think final fantasy 15 had about 50 percent of people buy dlc the, the season pass maybe a bit less like maybe 30 40 percent that's still 30 40 percent like that means that 70 percent of people didn't play it yeah they didn't experience so with, it with 13 part two a lot of people would have just thought oh that's the ending well that sucks like what why yeah and then you know how many people are going to then it wasn't even the first piece of dlc it was the last piece of dlc that they put out and i don't even think they did a season pass it was just you had to buy the individual pieces of dlc and then how many how many people are going to do that so basically after that happened katase was like we're never doing that again because (laughs) that was an absolute horror story for us like with such backlash 
But then Tabata then goes and does pretty much the same thing. Okay, so he didn't change the ending, but he put in... He, he did put... No, he did, because Ignis has two Oh, yeah, endings. sorry, sorry. There's the alternate ending, yeah. 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 And he's even talking about... He's even re- talking re- about re- now... Redoing it. Redoing it and, like, putting in a happy ending. And I'm just like, Tabata, like, it's okay. It's okay for a game to have a sad ending. That is okay. Not every company has to. Well, be... it was an interpretation ending. It could exactly. be sad. It could be had happy. It could be sad. Yeah, happy because everything's saved. Sad because something happens. But yeah, I'm, but like, yeah, I'm I'm hoping that they they again learn from this experience. I appreciate that part of it was because it was rushed. Uh-huh. Um, that the season pass one, but season pass two is clearly not because it's rushed. They're they're doing that because they want to. Um, but you know, you look at Kingdom Hearts three. As far as I'm aware, there's been no announced DLC. I don't know if there's going to be any DLC. Near Automata, we've spoken about before. There was one piece of DLC, I think, and you know, it was just like a an extra boss fight or whatever. Like it wasn't yeah. anything that important. Yeah, I think that's the better way to go. But it's all about producing what the fans want. You know, if they feel that a lot of people have bought the season pass for Final Fantasy fifteen and the response has been good, they're going to carry on doing it. And, you know, if a lot of people buy the second season pass, then they're going to carry on doing it. Yeah. Like, it's it's as simple as that. Yeah. We may not like it personally, the two of us, but if everyone else is buying it, then what do we matter? I know. Kind of thing. It's true. All right. So that's uh, a long discussion on Final Fantasy DLC and how we feel about it. But we're going to be talking about it more because there's more questions about it. <laughs> Great. Um, but, uh, Laura, do you want to take the first question from Lucina? All right. Uh, so they ask, would you like better remakes of the 2D games in 3D? like they did with 3 and 4, as a AAA title like they're doing with 7, or as an HD 2D like Project Octopath Traveler? I don't know, actually. Um, I'm I'm hesitant to say the middle option of the AAA because it's taking such a long time. <laughs> I don't think it's even remotely necessary for that to be the case. Like, I mean, especially with the 2D ones, um, you know, a full-on th- a AAA 3D game would be would be fantastic, and I'm sure lo- loads of people would love to see uh, Final Fantasy VI done in that form. But I just don't I don't really think it's that necessary. I'd I'd I would probably like to see uh, like an HD 2D version, like Project Octopath Traveler, or like a yeah. Bravely Default kind of game. But I guess the problem with that is that I mean this is going to sound really uh, really ignorant, but our handheld gaming systems actually that popular anymore not really because the switch has kind of taken over like it's a handheld non-handheld system the the vita is kind of on the way out um so i don't i guess they could release it as a psn title or something Mm. but as they've just done with secret of mana hasn't done very well um i think the problem is that square enix did really well with the ds remakes that they worked on um and they only did but they only did two they didn't end up doing five and six from what i remember um, and I think that was a mistake, and they didn't do any on the 3DS at all. So I think partially because I don't know if they were necessarily completely well received. Yeah, and I think my to be honest, I'm I'm genuinely scared about this kind of stuff in general with Square Enix now. I mean, all you've got to do is look at the iOS ports of Final Fantasy VI, and yeah. the, which they then ported to the PC, right? Yeah, and the, they've just released Chrono Trigger, which is an iPhone version on the PC. Like, it's, yeah, it's it's really bad. It's horrible, and I I think the fact that they're doing that is just it's, it's really degrading to yeah. fans. Like, it's just they haven't even bothered changing the UI to to match the fact you're playing on a PC. Like, they've done literally the bare minimum. They've shoved out a mobile phone game on steam and said here you go guys yeah instead of releasing like 
that like the the Chrono Trigger DS port is great. That's a that's a great version of the game. Like they could have just done that so much easier. Yeah. Um. But you know, I'm 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 genuinely scared about what Square Enix do when they're thinking about remakes these days. It's yeah. not a pretty subject. I think like. It would be really cool, actually, if, I mean, I don't think that they would be able to do it, but, like, I was talking to Daryl earlier about it, if they made it more of, like, an animated experience, like, um, I mean, it's going to be a bad example, but, like, um, the Skullgirls-type animation style, like, you know, with... I mean, like, how, how, it probably wouldn't be too difficult for them to do the old 2D games in, like, the world of Final Fantasy style. That's true as well. That would be interesting. With anime cutscenes and like that kind of stuff. Like it's not yeah. the graphics in World of Final Fantasy are not like they're not amazing, but they are adorable. They are like, they're, they're very crisp, like I must admit. Yeah. Like the the lines are very smooth. It it's a gorgeous game. I mean, uh, you know, it 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 even probably just like improves. It's it's very like the Nomura Kingdom Hearts style in the sense that it's like the sort of smooth characters very uh rounded edges and that type of thing but it's it it's like an upgraded version of that and i like it a lot and i think that it does really work for final fantasy like i mean a lot of the old characters that come back like seeing edgar in a little chibi form and squall in a little chibi form like some people may think like well you won't get the same emotion but there again these older games have Sprites. so much so much silliness in them and yeah originally they were sprites so it doesn't really matter at the end of the day but no i think that would be nice okay so this next question is from lime and they want to know on a similar theme uh do we think that the recent remakes of romancing saga 2 and secret of mana mean that square enix is starting to become more interested in reviving older franchises and does it mean that uh we think that we could possibly see a big budget new entry into an older classic franchise um I mean, I'm not entirely sure. Um, it's hard to sort of say because, well, how well, how well did the Star Ocean, the new Star Ocean do? I don't think it did very well. Like, I think it's hard when it's, unless it's something that people really, really, really want to see, like the, um, Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger. Like, unless if it was like a really well renowned game. I think it's very, very difficult to bring back the older games. And I think it's, again, it's how it's handled because I think there were a lot of people that were excited for Secret of Mana because it did have that cult following because yeah. it was a very different type of game. But they just didn't do a very good job with it. No. And, like, I'm not trying to say in, like at all that, that Secret of Mana doesn't have, like, a, a, a fan base. It definitely does. And, and the Romancing Saga, too. But it's not... It's not the wider appeal that it needs to justify the cost of remaking it and selling it. Like, I mean, you just think about the amount of fanfare that came from the recent Shadow of the Colossus remake port, whatever, to the PS4. Like, Shadow of the Colossus was a heavily, heavily popular game in its time, and people but, still do talk about it. Yeah, it's a weird one, though, because it didn't... I don't think it sold that well. It was just... It's a cult classic. But... It, but it's got a lot it has a lot of chatter yes it's like if they if they if Square like Enix decided that they were going to do a near remake yeah it's like a legend it's like a legendary game it's that one that like maybe got away or for some people like people who played it who played it back when it came out 
like remember it just being amazing and people who played the ps3 port remember it being amazing and then you have the newcomers coming in who haven't maybe tried it yet and are just like oh my god i have to play this game but like i don't i don't know what other series square enix have up their sleeve to sort of do that with unless unless of course they did a really 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 good remake of parasite eve i think that would be one that they could potentially yeah i mean they have sell. some they have some obviously in their locker from that era as well like they had you know bushido blade they yeah. had the bouncer which is like the bouncer had such a great law it was just the game yeah. was incredibly short yeah um and you know there's and people do still talk about i guess it. yeah like chrono is is the one like if they announced chrono break although they've just said that i think the script that there was a script for chrono break but it got used for final fantasy dimensions instead of <laughs> i think that they do have some games in their locker where they yeah. could surprise people yeah uh, and and do something with it but they're just not really they don't really have the confidence it's like no you know they own they the, don't want to screw it up they own like fear effect and stuff and they've put that through their square and collective to to do like a small indie game version of it and stuff and i don't know i again i'm 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 genuinely scared now about square enix touching these older games and yeah. trying to revitalize them because they just don't they don't seem to they don't seem to get it it's like the shadow of the colossus remastered they've just done remake whatever it is i can't remember i think it, yeah it's been well received people it have been loving been. it like I know. sony handled it with great care yeah and square enix they basically like didn't even like they just kind of from what i've seen they've basically just given it a new coat of paint like it's just it's the same updated game updated it slightly and... it's just it's just more pretty and that's what square just don't they don't really seem to they don't really seem to get, get. and it's the same thing we just had with decidia and in a way you know it's it wouldn't have been too hard for them to make a decidia game that everyone liked yeah. But instead, they chose to just make a game that a portion of people will like. And a lot of the people that like the original Decidia games, you know, you've seen everywhere. Like, there's, they're just confused. Yeah. They're like, what, why, why was it so difficult to make a story? Yeah. Like, they weren't asking for the world. They weren't asking for the greatest uh, narrative that's ever been written. They just wanted a story that was coherent and didn't feel tacked on and uh, drawn out. Yeah, it's almost like they got stuck in the mindset that they just wanted to make it original and edgy and um, this just sort of like really different type of Decidious series because they probably just didn't think it would sell if it was the same game that they sort of had in the PSP era just with new characters. But I really think that it would have been fine. But yeah, in short, I guess the answer to your question is um, no, I don't think we're going to see a big budget new entry from a classic franchise I think Left Alone is kind of being seen as something within the Front Mission franchise, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't really see it happening too much. Um, but yeah, on that note, uh, do you want to take the next question, Lawrence? Okay, this next one is from Hat Eighty Nine, who asks: The Royal Edition trailer appears to alter the ending of Final Fantasy Fifteen. Given that the primary reason we buy Final Fantasy is for the story, wouldn't it seem like a reasonable compromise to give fans story content that changes the ending of the game for free, but still charge for the extra bosses, boat, and other upgrades? I think doing that in general is a bit strange. But, uh, you know, I guess if you look at Mass Effect 3, um, they, <laughs> they did change the ending because there was such considerable backlash, and they did do so for free. 
But I don't remember Final Fantasy XV having that much backlash. No, there wasn't. I think it's more just the fact they're trying to flesh it out. Like they've they've proposed new scenes, new Mm. stuff for it. So I don't think it's necessarily that. I mean, the third act is quite short. To be fair, like you kind of just go to Hammerhead, and that's like insomnia. Yeah, I think I think going back to our original point, in my opinion that yeah that stuff should be in there for free like they did for chapter 13 verse 2 yeah and they did in the september update like they feel like they wanted to flesh something out it should be available for free and you know if if the, if it's additional stuff like they want to do with episode arden where it's something additional it's a uh it's not an extension to this story well, it's an extension to the story instead of trying to flesh that story out then i think they are more than within their rights to charge for that but if it's amendments to the core story and how it's portrayed, then that should be a free update. This is going to be such a hard game to like port over to the next console generation. Like, how are they <laughs> going to do it? Like, are they just? I guess they would just have just, to give I mean, them the royal edition. As I said, like it's it's it makes it really difficult to understand the characters as well because you know they've they've shown that there's going to be more story around core. Yeah. So okay, so everything you thought you knew about core. From the main story, and then from episode Gladiolus, and Everything now this know about new court. update, like it's it, it just makes it really confusing. Yeah. And yeah, like you never, I guess if you, there have been the jokes about, and and people are legitimately now just putting down the game and just saying, right, we're gonna play it in a year when it's actually finished. Yeah. Three years after it's released. Yeah. It's just a weird situation to yeah. be in. I agree. i don't have much else to say about it um and i guess the last question we have is is from lisa on all all these from discord by the way um she wants to know do you think the fans are being unreasonable when they want final fantasy 15 to just end and have them move on no (laughs) the short answer no i i honestly feel similar i'm kind of tired of final fantasy 15 i i know that there's a lot of people who are really like happy with it there's 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 enough people who are excited about the new stuff but like i just we've been stuck on this game for ages i barely even play a game for a year let alone like follow it for two years after its release three years after its release like fallout 4 i finished when it came out and i haven't touched it pretty much since it's, like, it's kind of set a weird precedent, though, because it's like with the City NT, we're like, are they going to fix it? Are yeah. they going to do this? Are they going to do like, what's the roadmap like and everything? It's like, I, I now feel like whatever the next game is that they put out this at this large scale, whether it's Final Fantasy 16 or something else, I'm going to be like, okay, so what are you to, what are you changing after the first month? What's, yeah. what's going to be happening in the second month? What's going to be free? What are you going to charge? Like all this kind of stuff. And whereas before it was just like, okay, the game's out. Yeah. I just like that whole last episode we were talking about what can they do to improve Dissidia and T what can they patch what can they do and instead of just thinking like this is it it's not going to get any better we're just hopeful now that they are going to do something because they've been doing it I know I know you just hope that maybe they're going to need to change things maybe they're going to be as eager as Tabata's team I, it's one of those I, to be honest though I think as long as it's not affecting anything that they're doing internally. So yeah. by that, I mean, as long as it's not affecting Tabata's new project, which as far as we're concerned, it's not, then I don't think anyone really needs to care. Like no. if, if you're not interested in Final Fantasy 15 being extended or expanded or whatever, then just don't pay attention to it. Yeah. Like 
it's not I mean, like, that's probably the easiest way to tell them to please stop <laughs> yeah like if if no one cares about what they're doing then they're not they're not going to carry on doing it i mean like part of the reason they're doing it is because they they want they themselves want to expand the content out like they're they're not happy with what they put out they're not happy with what they produce so yeah sure if there wasn't like the fan demand they wouldn't do it but likewise if they didn't have the passion for it they wouldn't do it either yeah it's very um, true. so you know there are fans that want it to end like lauren um and they want them to move Even on to something I'm else the real edition like um, i'm just you know but you know there's, there's there are also plenty of fans who want them to continue and want them to carry on and i think part of it is down to the misconception that by working on this they're delaying final fantasy 16 or yeah which just isn't true it's it's just not remotely true like you know Tabata's team are working on a new IP. They've clearly said when they announced the DLC roadmap that they have um, agreed with the board that doing this will not impact their deadlines that they've had to commit to for the new IP and at Tabata all. And Tabata said that he's moving away from Final Fantasy after after Final Fantasy 15 anyway yeah. in interviews. Like he said, like he doesn't want to do. He doesn't want to touch another Final Fantasy game for a while. Yeah, essentially after this, and I don't blame him really. So yeah, I I I feel like yeah, in some ways the fans are being unreasonable because in a way they're talking about stuff that doesn't interest them. Like the people that I've seen complaining about the additional DLC and stuff have no intention of buying it. So you know they're just they're venting about stuff that does isn't designed for them. We're bitter Bettys. It's just like, you know, you're 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 telling Square Enix you don't want this product. Fair enough, but you're doing that by not purchasing it in the first place. Just let if there are lots of people that want it, just let them enjoy it. Yeah. That, that's kind of the way I look at it. So if, yeah, in a way I do think that people that, that want it to end are being a bit unreasonable. Because they could have they could have just stopped, but no, they're trying to make something better. They're trying to keep the people happy that, that have supported them. I just don't like the thing is is that like there's only so many ways that you can sort of polish it up and freshen it up and then put a little band-aid on it. Like my fear is that by doing this, they're going to ruin it. Like, especially after Tabata said about the happy ending thing, I just kind of, I mean, honestly, I, think, I, kind I of feel like that, that has been taken way out I of feel context. Like, I hope it has, but like, I, I mean, I wasn't happy with the alternate ending for episode Ignis. I, I wasn't happy with it whatsoever. And I don't believe that everything has to have a clear cut, happy, solidified ending. Inception proved that to us. Final Fantasy X. Final Fantasy X proved that to us. Well, before ten two existed. But yeah, I just don't, I don't want them to try to fix it but end up making it worse and then making us start to cringe essentially i think yeah you and i are still going I, to have to I follow think, it <laughs> I, think, I think that if that starts to like if episode ignis uh, sorry if episode arden comes out and it's terrible then i think there will be more of a case for them to legitimately stop because, episode yeah. arden is the only one that i think that makes sense like that's the only I think, one yeah, for like, the season pass what you're saying is, is very true is like you know if if it if what they produce is good, people are enjoying it, then sure, then sure, carry on. But if if what they're doing is is so ruining... Barbara Luna's pregnant from the dead, <laughs> Noctis is I don't know joining a boy band. They're actually going to go on tour. There's karaoke. Yeah. Well, he was supposed to have a bachelor pad. Atlantis in <laughs> Final Fantasy 15 world. Dino is now. Well, they've a just mob announced boss. The Sims 4, Lauren. So. 
I know. What? What? But then that is the kind of DLC that I'm just like, that's just... I want it. No, I don't want yes, it. Yes, you do, Lauren. You no, do. I it's don't. your dream collaboration. No. Oh. Anyway, right. So that's all we've got this episode. I hope you enjoyed our discussions around stuff. Yeah. I think it was like a reasonably optopessimistic. <laughs> um, it's a new word. Um, Optobismal. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it wasn't really pessimistic, but it wasn't really optimistic. I don't know. It was somewhere in the between. Yeah. Anyway, so music this episode is actually from Final Fantasy 15. Whoa, what a shocker. I know. And it's an arrangement of Bros on the Road 2 <laughs> by Sitting Q Duck. It's a guitar arrangement. It's very, very quaint. Bros on the Road. Yeah, it's very quaint. So the next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 20th of March. Ooh. Of course, if you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, you'll get notified when the episode comes out. And it may even auto-download if you have it set to that. That's fancy. Yeah. And of course, you can catch every episode at FinalFantasyUnion.com, as well as all our news coverage, which is done by Brayden. Thank you, Brayden. We love you. And if you want to support us on Patreon, then please feel free to head over to Patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. All right, guys. uh, I think it's time for us to skedaddle. Bye, everyone. And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFantasyUnion.com production.